certainly should be the prayer of all of us. I appreciate that, ladies, for drawing our attention to what we have in Jesus Christ and before our Father in heaven. So I'd like you to begin this morning with Romans chapter 8. We, we know verse 28, but verse 29 is the one we're looking at this morning, and not really from this passage, but Romans chapter 8. I want to begin with this one verse and then go to a passage that I want us to explore this morning. Romans 8, 28 says, and we, we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to, those who, to them who are the called according to his purpose. We know that, we're familiar with that, we quote that when we're going through difficult times and we quote it to others like Seth and Crystal uh, when they're going through difficult times and it's easier, I've found, it's easier to quote that verse to somebody else that's going through the difficult time than it is for somebody to quote it back to me when I'm going through a difficult time. I don't like that. I know that. But I don't feel like that. But that's where faith steps in, not feeling, because we have to go by faith. We have to believe that that is true. But the verse I want us to consider this morning is verse 29, the next verse. For whom he did foreknow, he knew us before we were born, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. He had a plan. He knows our person. He has a plan for us, and it, uh, it uh, changes up as we respond and as we don't respond, but his plan for us is to conform us to the image of his son, Jesus Christ. His plan for us, once we accept Christ as our Savior, his plan for us is to be like Jesus. And how is that? How, to be like Jesus, what does that mean? We're looking at that this morning. I, the church was given a picture, Bob and Chris Kind, and uh, they're here this morning, but Bob and Chris Kind put this puzzle together and had it framed specially, it's made out of special wood even, and it was given to, presented to the church. Uh, we, uh, we rotate things on the walls around here, but I have kept this in my office for two years since, since I got, why? Every, I have it on the wall across from me, every day when I sit in my off and sit at my desk, I look at this picture. Now, when we're looking at this scripture verse that says, God's plan for us is to become like Jesus, do I look at this so that I might become like Jesus? I do, but maybe in a different way than you might think. I look here, so maybe I let my hair grow longer and grow a, a beard and a, and a mustache and so that I look more like Jesus. Uh, I know I have a friend who looks like this picture. Uh, and in, in his office, they, they call him Jesus. Um, so is that what it's talking about? To be conformed, to be like Jesus. 
I know this, uh, this painting was, and they even wrote on the back, Leonardo da Vinci, he painted this. It was commi- it's called The Last Supper, and it was commissioned by Duke uh, somebody. Uh, and so they painted, he painted this picture. And so what it is, it's a picture of uh, 12 Italian guys, 13. And, uh, and so if I become, look more Italian, or if I get a, a suntan or something, will that be, make me more like Christ? That's not what this verse is talking about. There is one place in Scripture that uh, Jesus himself tells us what he is like. And I want you to turn there, Matthew 11, verse 28. And this isn't the passage that we're examining either, but Matthew 11. Verse 28, and I believe in the next couple of weeks I am going to preach on this passage because it is rich, but until then, I just want to read this verse because this is where Jesus tells us what he is like. Jesus says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I'm reading down through this. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Learn of me. If you're going to be like Jesus, you're going to have to learn about Jesus. And so this is what Jesus says. Learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. So he uses a couple words, and we'll not go deep this morning, but uh, uh, he says, I'm meek and lowly of heart. Or another way of saying that, I am gentle and I am humble. I am unselfish. I am thoughtful. I desire to serve others. How are you doing in becoming like Jesus Christ? This is where he describes that. It's that he's describing humility. The, the Greek word here, low, I am, I am meek and lowly in heart. The, in the Greek, it means to bend low, to, to uh, bend down. And maybe, I don't know, you know sometimes some customs, they, they bend, they bow, and that expresses humility. What it does is it exposes the neck. It means that in their culture, if they were going to, if there was a a victor and one that was defeated, the defeated one bows low and then they have, the, the victor has opportunity to use his sword upon that individual. I am meek and lowly of heart, Jesus said. I stoop low, I give up my rights. And that's what he did according to Galatians chapter 2. Uh, he gave up his rights and he became a man. The God from the throne. Uh, there's another word that's synonymous with servant or serving another person like this. And that's the word deaconos 
or we use the word deacon. And we see it first come into play in, in Acts chapter 7. And what I would like to do is have our deacons and their wives come and sit in these front seats. Not because I'm only preaching to them now, but because I am preaching to them. Deacons, if you would just come with your wives. I did not warn them. Yeah, that means you, Christina. She loves the limelight. Just sit up here. Servants, what you're seeing are servants here. And uh, that's what this message is saying. This is about servants, but it's not reserved just for these individuals that are here. It, we are to be like Jesus, Romans chapter 8, 29. So this is for you as well. And when Jesus preaches, I'd like you to turn to John 13. This is the passage we're looking at this morning. John 13. The cross is falling across Jerusalem at this time. The background for this account. It's only going to be hours before Jesus is arrested, and the apostles will no longer be able to learn of Jesus from Jesus' lips until after his resurrection. And then he teaches them again. But the cross is coming, and Jesus knows it's only a matter of hours. And so this is what he thinks is important for the disciples or the apostles in those last hours of his physical body upon this earth. He thinks this is important, and so I am going to, I want us to look at that, beginning with verse 1 of chapter 13. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, see, he knows what's coming. The disciples have no idea. They don't know. He knew his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, his apostles, his disciples. He loved them unto the end. And supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hand and that he was come from God and went to God, he riseth from supper laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Then cometh he to Simon Peter. And Peter saith unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. Peter said unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Simon Peter saith unto him, Lord, then, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus saith to him, He that is washed needeth not save to wash his feet, but is clean every part. And ye are clean 
but not all. And he's talking about not all, not all of you. Why? Because Judas is there with them. And so you are clean, but not all of you are clean. So after he had washed their feet and had taken his garments and was set down again, he said unto them, Know ye what I have done to you? Ye call me Master and Lord, and ye say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither is he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If ye know these things, happy are ye if ye do them. Let's pray. Father, as we just look at these last hours of your life as a man upon this earth, Help us to see you as you want to see us. Might we learn from your word today, please. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So here is a picture that Jesus is doing, giving us. We see in the painting that Jesus is the center of attention. And I understand what uh, Leonardo da Vinci wanted to, to portray here. He, Christ should be the center of our lives. And, and Christ should be in that position. But during the Last Supper, Jesus didn't have the place of prominence. That was a lesson that he was trying to teach them. And so... He is teaching them how to be like him, a servant. He doesn't say, listen up. I want you all to gather around because I'm going to teach you a really important lesson. So listen to what I say. Jesus shows them what he wants them to remember. looking at the deacons that I have, that we have at First Baptist, the servants that we have here at First Baptist. Keith, would you come up here? Now, if he would say no, I'd say, Peter, I have no part of thee. Will you sit right there? Which is your new knee? Oh, okay. I want to be careful. No, I, ne I never warned Keith at all. And there's a reason why I didn't. Jesus didn't warn his apostles what was going to happen. 
Put your feet right in this pan. Yeah, you can roll your feet. Now, I didn't pick Keith because I knew he had had clean feet and clean socks, but I'm thankful that he did. <laughs> Jesus had it a little easier in that they didn't wear socks. Usually Sandy has to do this, right? <laughs> now there are some lessons that Jesus is going to teach by doing this. And that shows us that we are to be like Jesus. And it's showing humility, so I don't want anybody to clap when Keith walks down. Okay? You did a good job. Now you can go back. Trying to give him, give that new knee some, some activity. So Jesus doesn't say, come and see how humble I am. He doesn't say, buy my book on humility and how I attained it, and then go out and sell it as much as you can. Uh, he did not say that. He just did something. We just don't learn. I, mean, I, I admit, most of the time, I, all of the time, I know a lot more of what I ought to do than what I do. And there are Sundays when I walk away thinking, did anybody hear what the message I had, or did I even present the message I had in a way that anyone would get it? Jesus does, not just says. The apostles are to do, not just hear. And so Jesus shows them what to do. Now, there are two reasons why Jesus chose to do this. The two that I came up with. One is seen in Luke 9, and you don't need to turn there, but I'm going to read it. Luke chapter 9, uh, in verse 46. This is one reason why he, he chose to do this. Then there arose the reasoning, or an arguing, among them. Which of them should be greatest. Huh. 
which one of the apostles is going to be greatest? Which will get to sit in the seat next to Christ? That same book in Luke 22, verse, uh, verses 23 and 24, it says, And there was also a strife among them, which of them should be accounted the greatest? And he said unto them, The kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and they that exercise authority upon them are called benefactors, but ye shall not be so. So there was a strife between the apostles. Who was going to be king or greatest? Who was going to win? And this is not what Jesus has been trying to teach the apostles. So he washes their feet. There's a second reason why, and that's that their feet were dirty because they walk in the, in the dust, and they walk on those roads, they got there, and uh, usually they would have the lowest servant would wash their feet uh, when they would come into a house. Well, they're in the upper room, and, and so they do not have a servant there to do all of this, and so Jesus takes that place the lowest servant. Are, are you hearing what Jesus wants us to be like? To be like Christ. We are uh, predestined to be like God's Son, Jesus Christ. And their wants, because their hearts were hard, their feet were di dirty. We run with a, a foot doctor and... Uh, his name is Colin, and we, we asked him to give his testimony once when we were running, and, and he gave us how, a testimony how he got saved when he was in college and, and how he led his mom to the Lord, and it was just a great testimony. And then somebody asked him, he is a foot surgeon, and somebody asked him, what made you go into uh, feet? And he said, the smell. Now, we knew that he was saying that in jest. But uh, a servant doesn't care about the smell. I mean, that's what Jesus is trying to get across to his disciples. They were ready to fight for a throne, but they weren't ready to fight for a, a, a towel. That would be demeaning. That would be below them. I've mentioned at times about the missionary lady that was uh, explained uh, how she would crawl, get in these little, in the, to the huts, and she would get on her hands and knees and have to crawl uh, in there to share Jesus Christ with them. And uh, the description of the, all of the animals that are in there and, and how her hands turned out and her knees and her clothes. And uh, somebody said, uh, uh, do you like doing that? And she said, no, it's disgusting. I hate it, but I love Jesus. So I'm willing to do that because I love Jesus. I'm willing to wash feet because I love Jesus. I'm willing to serve a body of uh, believers at First Baptist Church. Why? Because I love Jesus. Not because it's the gla most glamorous job in, in, in the church. 
but because you love Jesus. It's not glamorous. Lots of times it is not glamorous. You're not prestigious to be a deacon. You're a target, often. And so uh, humility here. Four principles regarding humility that I see. Humility is unannounced. There are no trumpets blowing when Jesus says, okay, I'm I'm washing your feet. He just starts washing feet. He didn't say, hey, I want you all to look. No, I'm just, I'm going to wash your feet. It's unannounced. I didn't announce it to Keith. Uh, I did look to see that he had shoes that tied, uh, so I I knew, and he had socks on, so uh, before. But it's unannounced. Humility is unannounced. No trumpets, no fanfare takes place for humility. Jesus just does it. I noticed not long ago, you know, they have this saying, and I realized it in the fall here, um, our apple trees didn't bear much, but I noticed a few apple trees that bore lots of apples. And that saying is true, that the branch that bears the most fruit bends the lowest. Humility. Humility is willing to receive even though it might be embarrassing. You know, what if I would have chosen Forrest? And Forrest says, uh, <laughs> not me. <laughs> I'm out of here. Uh, no, that's what Peter's response was. Uh, Keith, all of them, I'm sure, would have, uh, would have come. If I would have asked them, they would do that. Humility is willing to receive, even though it might be embarrassing. And it was so embarrassing to Peter that he said, I'm not going to have you wash my feet. But Jesus said he needed to. Um, In in the passage here, when Jesus says, he that is washed needeth not save to wash his feet. Wash and wash come from two different Greek words. He that is bathed, is that first wash. He that is bathed doesn't need to be bathed again, but only his feet need to be sponged. So there is cleaning that takes place in our lives even after we are washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. As we go through this world, we're going to pick up all kinds of ickies on our feet in our lives we're going to be we're going to catch ourselves saying things that we shouldn't saying things how we shouldn't say them and we're always going to need to confess our sin and then he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness so we go through our days or we ought to in a in a mindset of repentance Because it's going to come in times we think we are strong, then we are weak, and we will find ourselves saying something like Peter said and denying that he even knew Jesus. And then we need to come to the Lord and get sponged, have our feet washed. Once we are washed, we are washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. Once we have received Christ, we become a child of God, and we don't go in and out of that relationship. We might close 
off with the sin that we have on our feet. But if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and sponge our feet, cleanse us uh, from our unrighteousness. And so Peter was proud. If you're going to have your feet washed, you have to be humble. If you're going to wash feet, you have to be humble. Uh, Pride keeps us from taking good advice. Sometimes we learn too late that we should have listened, maybe to mom or dad or maybe to pastor or maybe to a deacon or, or maybe to just somebody that knew better than I knew. And I should have paid attention, but because of pride, it keeps me from uh, paying attention. Pride keeps us from financial help. Uh, help. I, I know that early in our married life, uh, Dad Phillips came to me and said, I want to give you this money because I know you're in a bind. And so what does a son-in-law say to his dad-in-law when his dad-in-law says something like that in my case it was <laughs> no no i i can't take this money from you why because of pride did i need it yes and it was serious at this time but i i wasn't going to do it his counsel to me to and into my pride was Dave, you need this, and I need to give it to you. If you will not accept it, you are robbing me of the joy of helping you out. And so, in my pride, I say, well, if that's the way you're going to put it, thank you, Lord. You know, but pride... Even Peter's pride here keeps him from taking counsel, keeps him from uh, even what is really going to help him. Uh, Pride will keep us from changing our ways, even though we know it's wrong. I mean, Mr. uh, Dad Phillips helped me with funds, and he helped me with my drive. Now, I I hated the lesson about the driving more than I did with the money. There was something coming back. But because of pride, you know, I didn't care. Oh, just, you know, this is what you need to do. I don't care. I'm just going to hit it in the woods anyway, and I'm going to do it. So pride keeps us from changing our ways, changing our grip or our swing or whatever. Pride keeps us from forgiving others. Have you found this true in your life? This is what I see, and it breaks my heart, but it convicts me as well. If there's somebody you will not forgive, it's pride. They don't deserve it. I'm not going to humble myself. I'm not going to bow. I'm not going to expose my neck. And it keeps you from forgiving them. Pride will keep you from saying, I'm sorry, or at least it does for me. I'm sorry. And Jesus said, hey, if I don't wash your feet, you have none of me. He says, uh, if I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. 
You're walking another path. So you better take care of this. And so humility is willing to receive without, even though it might be embarrassing. Humility is not a sign of weakness. Meek and lowly of heart. When we, when we look at this passage in a couple weeks there in Matthew, uh, the illustration, I have some that just come to my mind all of the time. I think about this. I'll not share that, but uh, humility is not a sign of weakness. A horse that goes where, he, where you want him to go, uh, that you can guide him and, and rein him and ride him, maybe even without a, a bridle because he is so sensitive to your wishes that all it takes is the pressure of a knee um, to turn the horse is not a sign of weakness because that horse is much stronger than you are. It's a sign of humility, willing to yield your rights to someone else. Uh, Jesus wasn't weak when it came to Peter. He said, Peter, you're wrong. You're wrong. And if you don't, uh, if you don't follow this, then you're walking another way. So humility is not a sign of weakness. It, uh, humility is not, does not play favorites. You, you know, so we know that he washed Jesus' feet. We know that he washed the rest of the apostles' feet. But what a contrast when he washed Judas's feet. He washed Judas's feet. Even though Judas, uh, the devil had come in to him and had already worked in his heart, had control of his heart, he washed his feet. Now, he didn't wash it with scalding water. Judas with scalding water, or maybe uh, gave him an ice, ice bath. No. He, used, he did the same to all of them, even though Judas had rejected Jesus. Three years with Jesus, and he rejected Jesus. My fear is that there's somebody here that you've rejected Jesus. And it doesn't look like it. Judas looked like, uh, I mean, he was treasure. He was one of the uppers there. He had a throne at least closer to Jesus, you know, because he had some pull. He, he carried the, the, the purse for him. And he, yet he rejected Jesus. What about someone that might be here? You know, what, what a disaster if you're here and you've never asked Jesus to forgive you and save you. You don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You're like Judas, and you're, you're right there, and Jesus is pouring out blessing on you, washing your uh, feet, and it's all for naught because you are not a child of the king. And, and that's a concern, and I ask you to consider that. Um, a few lessons, and we'll close. Humility include, includes serving everyone, serving one another your friends, and your foes. A lot easier to serve your friends, though, isn't it? 
A lot more enjoyable when they gush back and say, oh, we really appreciate this. Thank you for the hot dish that you brought over. Uh, thank you for the cookies. Thank you for praying for me. Than it is for somebody that says, why did you do that? I can cook. What do you think? You think I'm a terrible mom and so you're not feeding my kids? Well, okay, we'll take it. Uh, now we, we serve deacons. You serve everybody. Uh, you're here. Some people are easier to serve than others. Some people are easier to love than others. Uh, we are to love everybody. We don't, might not necessarily like everybody. And there is a difference. And so deacons, a responsibility. Humility, uh, humility is unselfish. How much time do we spend pleasing ourselves in a week? Deacons, you know already that I ask that you at least average out 10 hours a week. Now, how do you spend 10 hours a week? It's not all up on the roof shoveling, although some of you have had to do that, hours on the roof shoveling. But uh, while you're in the services, you are serving. You are the ones that are in the hallways greeting. You are the ones that are looking through the people here and, and saying, oh, who are the visitors? I want them to feel welcomed. And so you look for those. That's serving and you serve as teachers in our Sunday school classes. You serve as Awana workers in our Awana ministry. You serve in the serving groups. You serve in the kitchen, and you set up tables. You set up chairs, and, and so you are spending part of your life on others. That's what Jesus is saying. And happiness results from doing, not just thinking you ought to do here. Remember you're yoked with Jesus deacons. You're yoked with Jesus, and when you feel overwhelmed, and sometimes we do, it's because we are tending to pull away from Jesus, because Jesus' yoke is easy and light, because he does the majority of the work. Deacons, I would like you to come. Wives, you don't need to. Deacons, if you could come and just gather here, Gather right up here. These are towels. They're actually for washing your car. But I'm giving them to you to remind you to wash feet, to be like Jesus. If you kneel, can you get back up? Sure. Uh, we'll, we'll help you. We'll wash your feet. I'd like deacons, I'd like you to get on your knees. And because they're serving you, 
I'm going to ask that you stand. And I'm thinking there's one more deacon. Oh, oh, Keith Anderson is in the nursery. Okay, so there's... Uh, Okay, we're going to test your, your strength, people. You're going to have to stand until we get Keith Anderson here. Yeah, he volunteered for nursery this morning. No, I, I'm sure he didn't. But I want you to think, are you like Christ? This isn't just for these guys. It is for them, but it's for all of us because we have been given an opportunity to be like Christ. In fact, that's what Jesus expects. Romans 8, 29. No hurry, Keith. We're just all waiting for you. Okay. Please. He was serving he was washing babies' feet in the nursery. Okay, let's pray, and this is, you pray for those that serve you, please. Let's pray. Father, we are gathered here for a reason, that we want to be like Jesus. And these men have accepted an office or a responsibility that means to bend low, be hu humiliated, humbled before others, to wash people's feet. Lord, I, I pray that it might spread throughout our whole church family, that we'll not allow pride to keep us from reconciliation with, a, with a, someone that we would assume, just assume not associate with, Lord that we might humble ourselves and be like Jesus, please. I pray this in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen.